Luke chapter 2, and I appreciate Brother Chris. Good to see him. I walked back and told him if he knew I was preaching, he wouldn't have drove six, six and a half hours, and he said that wasn't true. But anyhow, uh, but we've known him for years, and we love him and thank God for him. And uh, we haven't got to listen this week to any of the messages, but uh, this is what God laid on my heart tonight, and I want to deliver it, and, uh, and then we'll go to the house. Luke chapter 2 and uh, verse 25. Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. There's three things, three elements there that we see about the Spirit-filled life. We hardly hear that preached about much anymore. And definitely we don't see too many people practicing it. Amen. Uh, But it is a doctrine in the Bible, Brother Lamar, that you and I uh, are to get full of the Holy Ghost. It makes a difference in the service when there's people in the service that are filled with the Holy Ghost. It makes a difference in the singing. It makes a difference in the preaching. It makes a difference in Sunday school. It makes a difference in your everyday life. Uh, uh, People filled with the Holy Ghost. And we're living in a day where men operate as machinery I don't know about you tonight, but I've got to have him. I need help from the Holy Ghost. Amen. He makes all the difference in the world. Can I say, by the way of introduction, first of all, that you know as well as I do, the Spirit has personality. Brother Allen always used to say that he is the most sensitive person in the building. Now, we know, according to Ephesians chapter 4, that he can be grieved. And I believe he's grieved by the things that we do against him. If you look in the text, he said uh, that you're to put away stealing. You're to to put away corrupt communication. Uh, Can I say that a man uh, that's supposed to be saved cusses God every day never met the God I know. Amen. Uh, I've heard men say, well, uh, pray for my husband. He cusses God every day and he claims he knows Jesus. I'm telling you he does it. Uh, When God saves a man, he changes his mouth. Amen. That's right. Uh, I'm uh, telling you, uh, a spirit-filled man is not going to be uh, uh, using foul language uh, and telling dirty jokes. Amen. Amen. He said, put away wrath and anger. You know, when you get angry, and we all do from time to time, and you lose uh, your temper, you grieve the Holy Ghost. Years ago, I had a grand marquee, and the crazy thing wouldn't start. And I'd call Ford, you know, it was under warranty. And uh, they, they'd come down and get it. And you know how it is, they take it back. If you ever worked on cars, uh, they always call me back, Mr. Barnes, it started every time for us. And so about after 14 times of that, uh, one day I went back and got it like they told me to. I loaded up everything in it. I was getting ready to go get gas, going to leave uh, that night and go home. And the crazy thing wouldn't start. 
I'm telling you, I got so mad. My heart was a beating 100 miles an hour, and I called 1-800-FORD, and all I let her say was, hello. She said, hello. I said, I'm tell you something, lady. If I ever get this thing started, I'm driving it through the window of the dealership. Do you hear me? And you know what she said? Uh, uh, Sir, you'll have to call back. Our computers are down. I couldn't even get mad. God help us. Uh, But the truth of the matter is, I knew I was in trouble with the Lord. Uh, The Lord, when I hung up, said, you're in trouble. I said, I know it. And I called back 1-800-414 times trying to find the right person to tell him I'm sorry so I can get right with God and preach that night. Amen. But the Lord is grieved with our anger and our temper. He wants to control us and help us keep our mouth shut. Amen. Amen. We grieve him. (laughs) I know none of y'all have never done that. Pray for me, all right? Then we quench him. That are the things that we don't do that he bids us to do. You remember what he told Peter? He said, pray. Watch him pray. What did he do? He slept. He's like most Baptists. Came back three times. He slept all three times. And guess what happened? He denied the Lord. But Samuel, had he prayed as God asked him to, he would have had the strength to be able to stand up and say, oh, I know who Jesus is and not deny him. You see, when the Lord tells us to pray, you better pray. When he tells you to read your out, you better read it. When he tells you to witness but Tim, we better witness. I heard the, the fellow I was preaching for this week, he was telling about Brother Percy Ray. Man, Brother Percy Ray was used of God. But he said one day, Brother Percy Ray told a story on himself. And he said, he said that he was cutting grass. And an individual that came to him and said, hey, uh, there's someone down the road that's going to hell and they're lost and they won't listen to nobody, but they respect you and they, they like you and we, we want you to go talk to him. And he said he was cutting grass and he said, Brother Laddie, the Holy Ghost said, turn off the lawnmower and go talk to that man. He said, Lord, I just got two more laps to do. Uh, when I get done with this grass, uh, I'll go see him. And Tommy got down there, something terrible happened to that man, and that man died and went to hell, and he had an opportunity. You see, every one of us know a story. I've got one of my own uh, of an individual the Lord told me witness to, and I didn't. And he told me, and he told me, and he told me, and he told me as a young boy, and I was just a teenager, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. And two weeks later, he got hit by a car, and he died. And that boy's blood is on my hands because I didn't listen to the Holy Ghost when God tells you to talk to somebody you better go talk to them and give them the gospel because he laid them on your heart amen we're all guilty of not doing like we're supposed to do Paul said he was free from the blood of all men that don't mean he witnessed everybody that he saw that's impossible but every time the Holy Ghost but Jacob told him to go somewhere he did amen Oh, yes. Uh, we see he's got personality. Number two, the Spirit's participation. He participates in our conversion. I'm tired of this one, two, three, repeat after me stuff. There's got to be some Holy Ghost involved. 
I've seen kids come down the aisle in churches popping bubble gum, laughing and playing, and they say, we had 14 saved today. I'm afraid not. I like to see a man get under conviction from the Holy Ghost and get hung over hell and afraid to go to sleep at night, afraid to die in the middle of the night and go to hell. I like when somebody gets tore up and they can't eat and they can't sleep because God has camped on their doorstep. I like it, thank God, when the Holy Ghost begins to draw them and to drive them and bring them to himself. There must be conviction, amen. Young man testified last night. He said, I grew up in church. I hated church. I left church. I hated God. Became a dope addict. Become a drunk. He said, one day there's going to have supper. Dinner on the ground. It always brings Baptists, amen. And uh, so he said, I came to eat. That's all I come for. He said, Brother Laddie, something happened. He said, that man of God got to preaching. And he said, I, I said, oh, I'm not going to go listen. I'm not going down there. But he said, that Holy Ghost began to say, won't you come? Won't you come? And he said, he slowly began to break down my will. Won't you come? Why don't you come? There may be someone here tonight lost without God. He's a whispering to you. Why don't you come? Uh, why don't you come? Uh, the bride and the church say come. Uh, the spirit says come. And the Lord began to deal with that boy. And it wasn't long. He said, I pushed my mama out of the way. And I ran down to the house of God or down the aisle. And I got saved. Uh, that old boy's been in church ever since. He don't dope anymore. He don't drink anymore. Uh, because the Holy Ghost, uh, hallelujah, drew him to himself. Amen. Participates in our conversion, our communion. There's much communion in the Holy Ghost. Of course, Brother Chris had no idea what I was preaching. I had no idea. But he's talking about that, the Lord is standing with you, that presence. Boy, I'm glad there's much communion in the Holy Ghost tonight. Uh, thank God. Uh, there's communication in the Holy Ghost. Uh, when you don't know what to pray, he said he'll pray. He'll talk to the Father for us. He'll intercede on our behalf. Thank God for that. Uh, there has been times that I didn't know what to say, didn't know how to say it. Uh, Brother Sam, all I knew to do was just to bow before God and to weep. Uh, and thank God the Holy Ghost that before the throne and says Father this is what he's trying to say uh, this is the burden on his heart uh, this is what's going on in his life I'm glad thank God for the communication of the Holy Ghost Amen Amen. then he said he comforts us he said I'm going to go away and I'm going to send you a comforter the Holy Ghost that's who stands by you aren't you glad the Lord you know what this crazy world I had a friend call me today and he said he saw it or heard it on the news. He said, you can't call a baby a baby now. They're going to call it a T-H-A-B-Y, a thaby. Now, are you, are you kidding me? Because it's going to be non-gender. And then between when they're first born till they're four years old, they can choose if they want to be a boy or a girl. Isn't that a blessing? Our world has went crazy. And by the grace of God, I'm going to stand up to that nonsense and tell them how stupid that really is. That You know what God did? Uh, he made a man and he made a woman and it'll always be that way. They don't care what they say. There's not 45 gender. If you was born a boy, you'll be a boy until you die. If you're born a girl, you'll be a girl until you die. That's what the God of heaven made you to be. Amen. Just go ahead and like it 
amen. Hallelujah. Crazy. Crazy world. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to stand against that crowd and the Lord will stand with us. Three things. Number one, verse 25, he said the spirit rested upon him. Hallelujah. We've got to have the Holy Ghost on us. Now, there's three things that have to take place for that to happen. Number one, we've got to empty us out of self. You see, this right here, that's full to the brim. But David, I can't put nothing else in there. When you're full of you, Holy Ghost ain't going to be taking control of you. You got to open it up and empty you out of you. We live in such a selfish world. How we live in such a world how, where we how, document and tell everybody when we're going to Walmart. Who cares when you go to Walmart? Amen. I really don't. I really don't care when you go grocery shopping or if you're cutting your grass. It really, we live in a world where we think everybody is so concerned about what we're doing. I'm not concerned. We've got to get rid of self. It ain't about you, praise God. It's about him. Hallelujah. I appreciate our singers at the church and these young men. You don't see them perform and do all of this and do all up here and trying to draw attention to their self. I'm glad they sing for the glory of God. Amen. Hey, uh, we got to empty us out of self if we're going to get full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Number two, you got to evade sin. means you got to run from it. You can't flirt with it and play with it and dabble in it and listen and watch things you shouldn't. You're going to have to leave that nonsense alone if you're going to get full of the Holy Ghost. Oh, listen, there was a day when them old timers, they knew what it was like to be full of the Holy Ghost. We live in a day where most people don't know what that even means. I'm not going to let the Pentecostal scare me about the Spirit of God. I'm going to enjoy Brother Danny his fellowship. I'm going to enjoy, praise God, brother, hey, Brother Lamar, I'm going to enjoy going down the road and, and, and singing and crying and shouting and having a time. I'm going to enjoy him in the house of God. I'm telling you, if we, every one of us, before we leave the house, I would come to the church and get on our knees and say, God, fill us for the Spirit of God. Fill us or kill us, hallelujah. I'm telling you, it makes a difference. Uh, in our services, hallelujah. If we got up every Sunday morning before we came uh, and begged God to use the man of God and to bless the church, uh, we'd have greater services than we do. Amen. We've got to evade sin. Very simple tonight. We've got to exercise the scriptures. Do you know people, Brother Jonathan, don't read the Bible every day? They don't read the Bible every day. Then they wonder why they struggle with sin in their life. They don't read the Bible every day. The Bible will give you some strength. Now, let's be honest. There's time we read it. And Brother Keith is just like a newspaper as far as it really don't do much for us. But boy, there's days we read it and the tears will run down our cheeks because it's God's holy word. If you tonight don't read your Bible every day, you need to get on this altar tonight and ask God to forgive you and get in that book every day of your life. I preached for a preacher and he told me he did not read his Bible every day.
And I thought to myself, how in the world can you preach to your people if you don't read the Bible yourself every day? Amen. I'm telling you, if you want the Spirit of God to rest upon you, you're going to have to be in the Word of God. Colossians said, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Amen. You're going to have to read more than three verses a day too. Hallelujah. You're going to have to get in the book. Number two, he said the Spirit of God revealed something to him. You know what the Word of God will do? It'll reveal things to you. He said in John, Spirit of truth will show you. It'll reveal doctrine to you, just what he was talking about. I'm not going this newfangled way. If this church and our pastor decides to paint the ceiling black and, and bring in strobe lights, I'm going somewhere else. Now, I know he ain't going to do that as long as he's in his right mind. Amen. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, uh, we've thrown that all away today. Uh, it's normal uh, for people uh, to go to church uh, and dress in your way, look like they come uh, from the beach uh, and come down to the house of God uh, and just act uh, like everything is normal. I'm uh, telling you, praise God, uh, doctrine does divide. Uh, I am glad I'm in a Baptist church tonight. Uh, thank God, uh, not only Baptists are going to heaven, I've met a bunch of them, I don't think going, amen. But the truth of the matter is, uh, hallelujah, I'm not ashamed to be what I am. Amen. Doctrine, it'll teach you doctrine. You know how it is when you hear preaching Brother Fulton and you hear, you hear that and you just know something's not right. I was at a church in Mississippi and there was two families came from this church and it was supposed to have been an independent Baptist church but Brother David, it really was a cult. This man told them, his members, don't you go to the doctor when you get sick. I'll heal you. And he said, and then if anybody dies in your family, I'll raise them from the dead. That's what he said. That's what he said. And actually, one of them let their little girl die. And he couldn't raise her from the dead. And so the police, they charged him, the mom and dad, and the pastor with involuntary manslaughter. And they should have. But that man, that other man came to our church and, and he was part of that. And, and, and I said, well, why, how, why did you stay so long? He said, for about three or four years, he preached the truth. He said, then he started slowly. He said, Brother Laddie started slowly slipping things in. And he said, the Holy Ghost would say, mm-mm. -mm. He said, but I, I trusted the man and I loved the man and, and I've known him for years. And, and he thought, well, that's just me. But the Holy Ghost kept saying, mm -mm, that ain't right, mm -mm, that's not right, mm -mm, that ain't right. And it wasn't long uh, that he finally had a belly full after that girl died uh, and he left there and he came to our church. Uh, I'm uh, telling you, the Holy Ghost that lives inside of you uh, will give you direction when it comes to doctrine, amen. When it comes to darkness, he said in chapter 16 of John, also he will reprove of sin. You know how it is, fellas, when your heart starts beating fast. When he's saying, don't do that, don't do that. You see, we, we, we're lacking the Spirit of God in our day. We're, we're lacking the feeling. Brother Tim, we're lacking the feeling. We just go through the motions. I, I tell you, I've been in a lot of services, and they're just as dead as a hammer. I wish that somebody uh, helped me pray uh, that God would meet with us. Amen. Oh, yes, sir. He'll give you, he, he'll give you a direction the Spirit of God will. Years ago, I was preaching right before in 2008 in October when the economy fell, if you remember.
And uh, that summer I was preaching about uh, faith. And I said, well, don't be stupid and go out and borrow $300,000. And when I said that, a fellow came up after service and he said, you know, he said, you're not going to believe this, but I've been praying about borrowing $300,000. And he said, you did not know that. He said, but God did. And because he was praying, the Holy Ghost said through the preaching, you better not do that. And what he's going to do, Brother Chris, was put up everything he had. He was going to put up his house. He wanted to buy a business. And you know what? He, he obeyed the Holy Ghost. He didn't do it. And when everything fell, he got to keep his house because he listened to the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will give you direction. Young people, the Holy Ghost will tell you yes or no about the people that you're dating. Amen. He will give you direction. I remember when me and Patty began to date, court, whatever the word you like to use. Some don't like one word and some like the other, so whichever one suits you is fine with me. And while we were doing that anyhow, I began to pray about the will of God. And I remember when God said, that's my will. Hallelujah. I was out in the woods, Brother Chris, there behind the children's home, the tabernacle, and I shook hands with every pine bush out there. Amen. I, I mean, I was excited. Praise God. Hallelujah. Still am 35 years later. Hallelujah. But the truth of the matter is, uh, I'm telling you, God will give you direction. Some of you in that stage, you're trying to find the mind of the Lord. But I tell you this, if I had a pastor who told me to be careful with what I was about to do, I'd take that as real serious direction. I've known some men who've told them, I, I'd be real careful about that. I, I don't see no spirituality in the person that you like. And they get mad. And they marry the person anyway. And then six months to a year, they're divorced. Because they didn't heed the man. See, God gives that man wisdom. And I've known Brother Gravely a long time. I know he won't butt in your life. But if the Holy Ghost tells him something going on in your life, he will tell you. He will try to help you. Amen. And I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight, but I'm telling you, if the man of God says you better be careful, then you better be careful because the Holy Ghost will try to help you. I don't know how many times I've seen people get married and then it fall all to pieces because they didn't seek the Lord. I'm telling you, you better not rush into something. You better pray about it, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Paul said you're going to have trouble in the flesh. Marriage, you got, you got situations, you got battles, you got strife, you got troubles. But if you're right with God and you both know God, you'll make it through it just fine. But if you're fighting... <laughs> I don't know why I'm going, that wasn't in my message. But if you're fighting a lot while you're courting or dating, uh, that's not a good sign. Me and my, my wife, Patty, we might have had one or two disagreements the whole year we dated. We only dated a year and got married, praise God. But anyhow, uh, the truth of the matter is uh, uh, we didn't fight. And we don't fight now. Oh, everybody has a little disagreement every now and then. But I told her before we got married, we're not yelling at my house. Nobody's yelling and screaming and kicking and throwing things. We just don't, we're not going to do that. God don't want to stack that way. Matter of fact, my wife's cousin came one time and, and they've been separated for years. But anyhow, uh, they fought day and night. And one day they were yelling, Brother Joel, they were yelling in my house at each other. I said, hey, whoop, time out. Get outside. And they both looked at me. I said, if anybody's going to yell at my house, it's going to be me. And we don't do that. You get outside. Amen. Uh, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, God will give you direction if you'll seek it. Amen. 
Thirdly, and I'm done. Verse 27. Not only rest upon you, reveal to you, but he'll regulate you. He said he came by the Spirit. You know what the Lord will do? He'll control your mind. Preacher talked about the mind a while ago. That's where the battle is. You know, when you doubt your salvation, sometimes it's when you let the devil play games with your mind. When you let him play games with your mind. I was about, I guess, four months from graduating from Bible college. But the laddie of the devil sat on my shoulder. And he said, God's not real. There is no God. And I knew better than that. Brother Sam, I knew better than that. But it still bothered me. But you know what I did? I just kept reading that book and I just kept praying. I walked across the platform to get my diploma. The devil sat on my shoulder and he said, you're a fool. You've wasted your time. You have wasted three years of your life. There is no God. I grabbed that diploma, went off, went back to work at the children's home and worked at. While I was working there, the devil from time to time tell me there was no God. I left there, went and pastored a year. And while I was pastoring, while I'd be preaching, while I was pastoring, the devil said, man, you're a fool. You're wasting your time. There is no God. Your mind. You know what I was doing, Brother Gravely? I was reading 17 chapters every day. I just stayed in that book. And then one day I got a book from old Charles Haddon Spurgeon. And you know what he said? He said, one day I was going through a battle. The old devil told me there was no God. He said, then it dawned on me, you, you stupid devil. If there's no God, there's no devil. Leave me alone. Amen. I'm telling you, he will uh, play games with your mind. Uh, and you know what I said? I said, Lord, I know you're real. I know I'm saved. I know the word of God is real. The devil's a liar. He's a has-been. He's been defeated. One day he'll be cast into a lake of fire. I think I'll just go ahead uh, and march on and stay with God and thank God I'm telling you I say that's been over 30 years ago and I'm still here tonight and the devil's still a loser hallelujah amen hallelujah he'll control your mind he'll even control your mouth if you let him <laughs> he'll sweeten your words he'll season your words Sometimes he'll silence your words. Tell you, be quiet. Worked in an old gas station up there in Carolina, Greenville, when I was in Bible college. The mechanic, he also went to Bible college. And uh, we had full service. <laughs> you know how it was if you ever pump gas. They want $2 and they want everything in the world checked. They want you to even brush their teeth. I mean, they want it all. This fellow wanted me to check the tires and check the oil and wash the windshield and see if anything's coming out of his muffler. I mean, everything. But this mechanic, he is test driving a Corvette. So he pulls up, and this fellow has his radio blaring. And I mean, wide open. But when you own your car, you can play your radio what you want to play on it. But he pulled up to that fellow and told him, hey, Turn down your radio. And then he peels off and takes off in the Corvette and leaves him there with me. And he's mad that that man told him to turn off his radio. He began to cuss me, everything that was in him. And I said, and the Holy Ghost said, be quiet. And I was pumping that gas and I said, and he said, be quiet. 
And I have to be honest, that time, thank God, I listen. Sometimes I don't listen and I get in trouble. But I tell you what I wanted to do. I want to reach in there, pull him out, and whoop him in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. I was a lot thinner back then and I could have reached in the window and pulled him out of there. Uh, but you know what? The Holy Ghost said, you keep your mouth shut and thank God I obeyed the Holy Ghost. Uh, God will keep you out of trouble if you'll obey him. Amen. He'll control your money. He'll help you give money. You know what happens? The devil will lie to you and tell you if you give to God, you'll be broke. God will take care of you. He always does. Last week, gave an offering for the land, building fund. This week, I had a need in somebody the Lord used to help meet half of that need. And guess what it was? It was double what I gave to the land last week. You cannot outgive God. Oh, man, if I do what God tells me to do, I'll be broke. Oh, no, you won't. And then you're going to have the reward spiritually from obeying God and investing in people's ministry, investing in Bibles, investing in gospel tracts. How can you go wrong investing in helping someone get a Bible in a foreign country to be told about Jesus? Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, a drunk... When he gets happy and he's drunk, money don't mean nothing to him. He'll say, oh, buy everybody in the house one. Well, if we get full of the Holy Ghost, then money shouldn't mean nothing to us. And we should be willing, hallelujah, to give to the Lord. We shouldn't be under the influence of alcohol, but under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It'll control your motives while you do what you do. Then he'll control your morals. Young people, if you listen to him, he'll keep you out of the back seat of a car. Mom and dad, he'll keep you from committing adultery. He'll keep you from doing things you know better. I remember years ago, Brother Kidd was telling a story about a man. It was a true story. That man was on the way to meet a woman in a motel. And he, the Holy Ghost all the way over, tried to get him to not go. Kept saying, you better not, you better not. Within six months, that man was a dead man because he refused to listen to the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost tonight may be telling some of y'all some things in your life that he wants you to do. Every one of us tonight need to submit ourselves more to the feeling of the Spirit of God. I told Brother Brian tonight before service, I said, man, after three weeks, I guess I'm going to turn to the book of the maps in the back and preach on those. Amen. But no matter if we've heard this these three weeks, and I don't know that we have, even so, we still need to be reminded. He was rested upon by the Holy Ghost. It was revealed to him, and then he was regulated. He came by the Spirit of God. How often do you yield yourself to that feeling? Let's stand if you would please. Our sister's coming. What about it tonight? I know I don't want to just go through the motions tonight. I know that I, I don't want 
to just come to church. I want to be able to participate. I want to be able to be part of it. And I want to get up every morning and yield myself to the Holy Ghost.